This podcast is brought to you by journalism.co.uk. Looking for a new job? Our job of the week is editor for Craft Business, one of the UK's leading magazines for craft retailers. For that and more editorial jobs, check out the journalism.co.uk jobs board. Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Daniel Green. Each week we bring you the most interesting stories from across the media industry and today we're discussing inclusivity in broadcast journalism. I'm joined by Katie Orchard, finalist of this year's Breaking Into News competition, an initiative by Media Trust and ITV News to discover diverse talent and cultivate the journalists of the future. As a single parent and a woman of colour trying to get into journalism later in her life, the initiative gave her the opportunity to enter the industry that she would not have had otherwise. Katie, thank you very much for joining us. Can you start by telling us a bit about your background and why you applied to the competition? Yeah, um, so I am a single mum of two boys and I'm also currently working as a youth worker. Um, I've always worked with, let's say, vulnerable people. So I've worked in women's refuges, um, I've worked with teenage parents and now I'm working as a youth worker doing a lot of gang prevention work and early intervention in schools. But I don't know, for years, I've always wanted to be a journalist. I, I've always wanted to write about the type of people that I work with. Um, but obviously, I'm 31 now. So I was a bit stuck as to how do I now get into journalism. So then I saw the advert for breaking into news and anyone could apply and you didn't need to have any experience. So yeah, I made the application, um, I pitched an idea and I was chosen to represent London. That must have been a really exciting moment, getting your first step into the industry. It really, it was the step in the door that I needed for years. You mentioned there your work as a youth worker. Was that the inspiration behind your story, which looked at pupil referral units? Yeah, completely. Um, so working with young people and vulnerable people, you hear so many stories. You speak to so many people from different backgrounds, people that have gone through so many different things. You know these stories exist because of conversations that you've had, but I feel like unless you you work in that sort of work, you don't know that these people and these struggles and these issues actually do exist. So it it was completely, it was completely an inspiration. And also I'm an advocate for young people. So me representing the positives that Prues provide I think was definitely fueled by the fact that I do work with young people and I see their vulnerabilities and I see how sometimes they do need a bit of support and someone to believe in them, which is what the Prus do. So what was involved in the competition? What sort of things did you get up to and what did you take away from it? Um, Okay, so I pitched my idea, then I was chosen to represent London and then we were invited up to Leeds to meet um, all the other contestants from the different regions. We had a look around the ITV Leeds studio, came back to London, and then we were paired up with a mentor from our region. So obviously I represented ITV London, and yeah, I was paired up with my mentor, her name's Katie Barnfield, and together we discussed my pitch. I presented 
my idea, how I envisioned it and what sort of help I needed from her. So then I came in with quite a strong idea. I knew exactly what I wanted my piece to be like. I, I already had planned it in my head and I, I, I even sort of envisioned the imagery that I wanted to use. So Katie just really helped me make it professional and helped me build on my original ideas. And then, yeah, we went to the Prue and we filmed. Um, Katie was there helping me to, you know, she was suggesting stand there. Um, why don't you ask this question? So she was really helping direct me. Um, and then on another occasion, we went back to the ITV studio, edited the piece, which was so difficult because we had two hours worth of footage for I think the the final piece was only five minutes long or, or even four minutes 20. So we had this two hours worth of amazing footage that we had to really condense and that's where Katie helped because she knew what was really relevant and important and what wasn't so relevant whereas I struggled I really struggled to cut pieces out. And did your work in that area help shape how you told that story? Um, so I think where I work with young people and I'm very used to being in an environment like a Prue, I know that this group of young people wouldn't have wanted to be in a really formal situation. So sometimes when I do one-to-one -one work, I would say, you know, let's go outside or let's go for a walk. So I, it, it was my idea to, you know, let's make this as informal as possible. Let's not put me on, let's not put you on the spot. Let's make this more like we're having a conversation as opposed to an interview where I'm questioning you and you're really put on the spot to answer right or wrong answers. I wanted it to be quite fluid. I wanted to get natural answers and I just wanted them to feel relaxed. So, yeah. But um, my mentor was there to say, you know, maybe ask this question. And we did loads of filming when we were outside. We had just a big, long chat. And um, yeah, my mentor helped me direct it. So, yeah, I think it I think it added some authenticity to the piece, having just a conversation interview as opposed to a really formal one. Do you think that that life experience gave you a bit of an advantage over others that perhaps have jumped into the industry straight from university? I really think that it has given me so many skills. So obviously I was a bit apprehensive at first, you know, oh, I'm older and most people starting out start when they're 20. But I've had children, so I've got a good knowledge about what it's like to have children and, and the different issues that that you have to face having children. And then working in a completely different industry, I've built so much knowledge and understanding about different pockets of society that I wouldn't have had if I'd just come out of uni. So no, I think even things like the education system, um, teenagers, domestic violence, I've got such a good understanding of these things that I wouldn't have got if I hadn't lived an extra 10 years and started my career a little bit later. And then from the other side of things, were there any disadvantages or drawbacks in entering journalism later on in life? I mean, I, I think your confidence has to be, you have to be quite positive and you have to be confident within yourself. It's easy to think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest in the team and 
most people at my age are sort of a lot more established than I am. So I think confidence is one thing that can get in the way. But once you once you get over that hurdle, you're fine, I think. You, you just have to really believe in yourself. Absolutely. I think confidence can be a real impediment for people from disadvantaged backgrounds entering the industry because you feel like you're up against people who already have the connections and have more knowledge. And there's a bit of an imposter syndrome there, I feel, among those groups. Yeah, because another thing about the Breaking Into News scheme is I was still able to work and do that scheme, whereas most work experience or, or journalism schemes, you're working for free. Because I've got financial responsibility having children, I, I've, I wouldn't be able to do anything for free. So the Breaking Into News scheme really did help me get into this industry and not have to sacrifice my other responsibilities which is such a big thing yeah there is that sort of unwritten rule in the industry that you have to do unpaid work experience just to get in the door which is often out of reach for many people let alone parents would you say there are other barriers in journalism for single parents what sort of support do you need um so i think obviously journalism isn't necessarily a nine to five job so as a single parent, I need to be really organised in my life so that I can I can still work in the industry and get into the industry. But also you need to you need to be honest with your manager and maybe explore flexible working. So can I start a bit later and finish later? Or I think flexible working in journalism is really important and it will not only allow you to to be less stressed at work, it will also then mean that when you are at work, you can just completely submerge yourself and and produce the best possible work because you don't have this stress of childcare and I've missed this and I've missed that. So I think I think employers need to be really mindful about flexible working for journalists. Within reason, of course. And has that support been forthcoming for you? Yeah, yeah. So since breaking into news, ITV London have taken me on and I'm in their planning team at the moment and I'm there on my days off. And the editor is so understanding, gets the fact that I can't be there full time at the moment and is really flexible and just wants to accommodate the fact that I still have children. At the same time, wants to teach me and nurture me and help me get a really good understanding about how the newsroom operates. So... Yeah, they still are, since the scheme being really supportive. That's really good to hear, of course. There has been a much greater push for diversity in newsrooms over the last few years and across a variety of different groups, whether that's single parents, LGBTQ plus people, working class people or people of colour as well. And I guess I fit into, because I'm also a, a woman of colour and I'm from a very working class background, so I, I guess I fit most of those boxes where usually breaking into journalism would be a complete no-no or an endless struggle. So I feel really fortunate, really, really fortunate. And of course, by hiring those people from those backgrounds, that gives newsrooms the opportunity to tell stories that wouldn't have necessarily been told. There have been questions, though, about how supported those groups feel once they are part of the team, particularly in the wake of the recent furore around Naga Manchetti. What has your experience been and do you feel there is more that could and should be done to make that talent feel more welcome? Yeah, I mean, my personal experience, I've felt really, really welcomed. 
But coming from the perspective of the audience, there aren't enough faces on the television presenting the news that are people of colour. So I think because the representation isn't as good, maybe the news doesn't feel as inclusive as it should. So I think some of the audience aren't going to feel like the news relates to them because they're not seeing people that they relate to on the news that much. And I think that's a really important point that there are more people of colour on the news reporting, writing that are in good positions and who, who, yeah, as you said, tell stories that might not otherwise be told about communities that are are quite marginalised at the moment. I feel that seeing more people from those backgrounds on our screens gives those groups some reassurance that they do have a place in the industry and helps inspire younger generations and helps them realise that they can be journalists too. Yeah, and I can be honest and I can just be me. Exactly. So what would you say to a budding journalist in your position but feels like that career is out of their grasp due to their background and lack of connections? I would say just... Be persistent. Look for schemes. There are so there are so many schemes, and there are more schemes now because I think diversity in the newsroom is is big on the agenda at the moment. I think just look for schemes, write cover letters, and really just really express in those cover letters who you are as a person, your qualities, and what you have to give. Even if you think, oh, I don't have anything that necessarily relates to journalism. We've all got life experience and if you do have that passion, you have something to offer. If you have good ideas, if you're articulate, if you want to work hard, you have something to offer that might not already be there. So I think you just have to be persistent and not let these hurdles take over and and deter you from even trying. And finally, Katie, what sort of things have you got planned for the future? So I'm in the planning team at the moment with ITV and I'm there on my days off because I only work three days. And um, this is sort of them wanting to keep me on, seeing something in me that they want to to develop. And yeah, I'm going to be moved around the newsroom and sort of figure out where I'm best placed and then we'll do that full time. So yeah, I'm I'm on a journey and it's kind of, it's, it's moving. So yeah, there will be progress soon. Some really interesting insights there, Casey. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. And of course, make sure to keep in touch. Thank you, thank you so much. Thanks to all of you at home or on the commute for tuning in this week. Don't forget that our News Ride conference is fast approaching on the 27th of November at Reuters in London. We've got some great names and some really interesting topics planned, so make sure to head over to newsyride.com to check out the full lineup and grab yourself a ticket. Finally, if you want to feature on a future podcast, you can get in touch with us at Journalism News on Twitter or just drop us an email. That's all for this week. Until next time.